This is amazing. There's THC in a meteorite. Get yourself over here and explain this to folks. This is so exciting. Well, this was uh, terribly exciting and new to me, but uh, we believe that is not true in further vetting. We had looked at one article and then some other people who picked that up and, you know, Bob Light had some fake scientific evidence. So whoever got this inspiration to write a, a fake report about finding uh, THC on meteorites, but in a way, it goes right along with what we have been discovering recently, which the endocannabinol system, which has only within the last 10 years become a big deal, and they have discovered it and found that it actually controls the ductless glands, the system that we thought was the master control system for the whole body, the uh, endocrine system. But what we now find out is when they had discovered that lymph actually goes beyond the blood-brain barrier into the head, into the skull, and you can find an entire lymphatic system in the skull, which they never knew was there before. They also, at the same time, discovered the endocannabinol system. Now, the endocannabinol system is an ancient system that no one understands yet, but they are finding out that the things that stimulate it, that come from hemp and from cannabis, uh, the two oldest cultivated plants on the face of the and earth. Look, and look, patriots and friends, if you haven't gone out to your local health food store and grabbed some hemp products, you've got to. This stuff is amazing. What it has done for me and for friends and family that we're hearing about that are taking it on a continuous basis, you know, every day, um, it's just amazing. Now, THC is one stimulant to the endocannabinol system in the human body, and it, in turn, stimulates the rest of the body, particularly through the endocrine system. So it is a master control system, but we basically know very little. We are children when it comes to trying to understand anything beyond our planet. And even then, we don't understand our oceans, we don't understand our atmosphere. So we are just babes in the wood, so we shouldn't be surprised that we're finding out these things. You know, when we first met uh, one another and decided to start dating, you uh, handed me a a rock. I didn't know what it was. You just said, hold this. I did. And I felt, I felt dizzy. And so I had to sit down and, and I said, this makes me feel dizzy. What is, I felt like I had gone way out into the planetary system and come back into my body at lightning speed. And then I said, what is this Douglas? And you said, this is what Rudolf Steiner said you need to work with. Meteorites. Yes, and I gave you one that uh, had rust on it, and it was a very unusual one, and it was particularly, mm, you could call it psychoactive, perhaps. And so, uh, yes, then you had to sit down. You were somewhat overwhelmed. And what was great about it is I didn't know what you had hand me. I didn't know that I'd have an experience, but it was very profound. And from that point on, I've been paying attention to meteorite. Well, as you know, I've been collecting them for a long time. I have lots of them, all different kinds. And I've been experimenting with them because Rudolf Steiner said, get meteorites and work with them. Now, I want to describe something here. Why is it that a meteorite might have such things on it? Okay, you have Saturn, Jupiter, the asteroid belt, and Mars, and Earth, and then, of course, the other inner planets. Now, where did that asteroid belt come from? And why are there literally countless meteors or asteroids in that asteroid belt staying in that certain pattern well, they don't. They fall to the earth all the time, 10,000 a year. And so what is that band of asteroid 
they call asteroids? Well, the meteorites that come from there, some could be what are called crondite, which are earth. They're earth-like material. Some are metallic. They have every type of metal in it and uh, different forms, like different forms of iron. We have to call it meteoric iron because it's different than earth iron. They have anything you can imagine. They have zinc, nickel, you name it. A lot of the higher metals in some of these meteorites are palisites. So they have the higher metals. They have white gold, they have um, palladium, they have yttrium, cesium, you name it. They have um, olivine in it. So when you say meteorite, you have to describe what type of meteorite you're talking about. I have many of those, and the ones that are very psychoactive are the ones that have olivine in them and white gold. These are literally white gold, they never tarnish. Or iron that doesn't tarnish. Um, well, Douglas, what would you recommend for the listener who's just tuning in and is getting excited about this? What would be the first steps? Where to go get meteorite? What would you do with it? Go to a gym and mineral show and uh, you'll find meteorites. There'll be all kinds of them. You'll find metal ones that have this, these etchings on them, natural etchings. You'll find them in different shapes. I've been talking the meteorite uh, guys and girls into carving them into beads, into um, into crisses, into blades, into... Well, we have a spearhead here that has got meteorite in it. Yes, we have a first century um, centurion hosta that is called a novio magus, which means a great hosta centurion spearhead that had meteorite in it made by Israelis and in the... Uh, first century BC. Um, so yes, these things, and the Tibetans put meteorite in, in all of their sacred objects, whether it be bells or uh, sacred bowls, you know, bells, uh, dorjes, uh, any of the really sacred objects they have, take all seven metals, and then they add meteorite. And they also add what's called antimony, which they say is the, kind of the earthly response to meteorite, a, a combination of many metals. But in essence, without the meteorite in these things, they're not sacred. In Indonesia, they take them, and what do they bring? They bring fire, a sacred gift from the gods, like Prometheus. They bring metal. They have substances that you cannot extract from metals on the earth that they were able to use in making other metals, in taking these metals. I can tell you stories that you won't believe about these meteorites and the worship that they have of them. They're called chrises, K-R-I-S uh, or C-R-I-S, and they consider them to be gods alive, that they can fly on their own. All these things, they go into trance when they're making them, and they use their lips to cool the edges of them, and they leave the imprint of their lips in these chrises, which are shaped like a thunderbolt, because they believe that they're a gift from the sky, like a sacred fiery spear, or a sword, or a thunderbolt. And so when you talk about Tibetan Dorjes, you're talking about meteorite and meteorite falls, thunderbolts. When you're talking about Zeus, you could be talking about thunderbolts, which are either lightning bolts or meteorites. So there are 80 instances in literature, which I have found, where blood rain is described in great detail in some cases. So when a meteorite in the past, and in 2001 and in 2012, there were a huge fall of blood rain in India and in Sri Lanka, which has now proved it irrefutably, 50,000 tons of this blood rain fell on the earth, which is the same exact substance as human blood. And they don't understand it, and nobody even tries to explain it. 
Um, but one thing's for sure, when you see this meteorite as a fiery spear or sword coming through the sky and blood drips from it, from the sky, you are describing the, the procession of the Holy Grail with a, with a fiery spear with blood dripping from it into a grail. Now the grails of the past were cauldrons in many cases, and what did they capture? The, they either captured blood and rejuvenated those who died in this giant cauldron, made of course of meteoric iron in many cases, or at least some meteoric iron in it. Hundreds of these are described in mythology, in the branches of the Mabinukian and Celtic myths, Welsh myths. In all of these places, it's described in great detail. But what do they put in the cauldron, the grail, this holy grail, this meteoric grail? They put milk in it. The soma of the cow god. The ancients looked in the sky and saw the Milky Way as the breasts of a great mother or the, the teats of a cow. And they believed when they sucked on it, they got wisdom from the great goddess. And that the great, that's the reason they worship cows to this day in, in India. That the milk of the cow was turned into soma, the drink of immortality. So wherever you look, you're going to find meteorites, references to the grail, references to healing people and immortality and milk. All of which we have now just described to you comes from the sky. And these are gifts from the sky. And so we could go on ad infinitum about this because it's been part of our recent research. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm studying it right now. I just put down a book that is probably uh, Jarek Ustin's one of the best books. I'm reading it again because it describes the grail, meteorites, the holy milk, soma, all these things. But what he doesn't understand is it's the great goddess. All the men fought over these things and killed each other. Fratricide, a son-killing dad, a son-killing brother, son-killing mother's brother, all these things. Death, 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 death. To get what? The sacred grail, the sacred holy magical goods, the substance, and this milk, and to be able to heal blood or illnesses and death. So what are they actually going for? The holy grail that was held by the women in the ancient matriarchal cultures before 2101 BC. And so what you're seeing is a war between the patrilineal and the matrilineal line in history when you're discussing these things. But when you break it down and you look at it quite simply, it's very, very, very simple. So has the divine sent to the earth these divine magical tools that we can use for the process of ascension? I begin to think that that may be true.